This is a live episode of Please Touch the Art at the Columbus Arts Fest, and I'm here with Destiny Ryan. My name is Kieve Roadheaver, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs. I really like pour overs, more specifically light roasts, and I have a blue bike named Slipnir. Who are you? My name is Destiny Ryan. I'm a fine arts senior at CCAD. I make paintings and sculptures. I do prefer they, them pronouns, but she, her is also fine with me. Some zesty facts I have about myself is I love pigeons. I love every pigeon. I like to grow plants and I love fruit. When I was in Greece, there were these pigeons that had different colored feathers than I'd ever seen. It was amazing. Oh, that sounds great. Do we want to start with the sculpture? It is called Walking Nightmare, correct? Yeah. Cool. Do any of you want to come around and tell me one or two things that you see? Tell me what you're looking at, what you see when you look at that sculpture. Hi, I'm Ramona. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And what I see is a, a mouth, a mouth with lips and gums and teeth and sort of like a gaping darkness between the teeth. Like who knows what's in there? And then <laughs> the mouth, only a mouth, is seemingly precariously balanced upon two very long skinny legs that have uh, multiple colors. And then it's got, it's got two bright green feet with like purple claws. That's really rad. I'm gonna talk about it for a little bit. I see a wooden sculpture. I know it's wooden because I touched it, to be honest. And it is acrylic paint. I know it's acrylic because of the way that it is matte and not shiny the way enamel or oil is. And I see a bright fuchsia of a lip around a, a gaping mouth like Ramona described in purple with white teeth. It's kind of shaped like a watermelon on two perfectly cylindrical poles with stripes of teal, dark green, light green, and that same fuchsia and a yellow extending down to those feet that are kind of monster shaped with purple claws. I want to point out that the sculpture itself is about five-ish feet in height. So just high enough that a short person would have it looking at them in their face and a tall person would have it about at shoulder height. Am I missing anything from that, Destiny? I'd say those are two very good descriptions. Yeah. start with the how do you want the audience to feel about this piece when you look at it? Um, honestly when I was creating the piece I wanted I wanted the sculpture to have a presence to be unsettling to the viewer to be a little creepy and maybe like circus like with the color choices and then what actually happened when the piece was on view at Popeye Gallery in Cleveland was people would actually get behind the sculpture and they would have their mouth where the mouth part of the sculpture was and interactively like take photos with it. Kind of say ah with the yeah. painting. Yeah, basically. And I thought that was really cool, like the interactive element. 
Yeah, um, that is really cool. Do you want to tell talk to me about the height of the sculpture? Yes, I definitely did want it to have a presence, like I said, and so I wanted it to make I, I wanted to make it about my height, about my mouth height would be yeah. in the center of it, in the center of the mouth that is, so that when I would stand behind it, it would be kind of about where my mouth would be. Right, so you um, kind of have to look at it directly, right? Yes. Um. So it would be on on your level, kind of staring straight at you. I'm not going to lie, when I put it in my car this morning, I forgot that I'd immediately put it in, and it scared me that there was a large mouth inside of my car. <laughs> yeah. It's very confrontational, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I know some people look at it and feel like it's a very, like, kind of, like, humorous, silly object. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the colors in your piece. Color choices. So, I intended for the color choices to be fun and inviting, but also maybe even childlike. I wanted them to highly contrast the obscure and creepy subject that he is. He's a weird monster. And I think the cheery color scheme also adds a humorous quality to the sculpture. I'd say in general, my work in my work, I try to use highly chromatic complements to create jarring contrast, and I think that this piece is no different. It definitely has the pinks and greens that highly contrast each other. They're colors that you wouldn't normally find in nature. Right, so it feels kind of like unsettling and unnatural with the uh, complementary color palette. Right, yeah. Yeah, but still, like you said earlier, like kind of circus-like, so kind of fun, and the wind is everywhere. The wind is Hello. everywhere. How is everybody? I just got a little closer to the microphone. Um, I say hello a lot when I'm nervous. It's my favorite curse word. Can I ask you about your choices of creating kind of like poppy, quickly read, simplified signs and shapes in your the work of your sculpture? I'd say I kind of just thought it was funny. Yeah. Like I got two giant dowel rods and I thought giving him some really long, really skinny legs would just be <laughs> hilarious. Like, why is this mouth standing there looking at me? Also, I mean, it was my first time working with wood mm -hmm. in the wood shop and trying to create something and there was problem solving and I was like, what am I doing? So it was a little bit easier to assemble my idea while using simplistic shapes, but I don't know. I also find that it's kind of similar to the way that I you paint I things. Paint. Yeah, we'll have to compare it to your painting in a moment. Mm -hmm. The highest contrast in this entire piece is the dark purple, almost black of the mouth with the white teeth standing out. Talk to me about that contrast. Right. So I wanted for the smile and the teeth to be the focal point of the sculpture and really draw the viewer in and maybe maybe creep them out for a second was my goal. Can I tell you a little bit about how I feel about the piece or is that not welcome? That is welcome. Yeah. When I see the piece, I, it depends, honestly. When I'm ready for it, I do find it humorous. But like I said earlier with that car, I find it like really unsettling with that uncanny valley mm -hmm. and stuff like that. What else would you like to talk about with this sculpture? Um, I think what you said about the uncanny nature of it really holds true for me and how it is a little bit creepy. That was the goal for sure. 
especially with the title Walking Nightmare. I did want it to be something out of a nightmare, but also, like with the rest of my work, pulling a little bit of humor and spontaneity into it. Yeah, totally. We're actually going to move on to the painting Metamorphosis. We weren't actually able to transport the painting here because it does not actually fit into my car. It's four foot by four foot and as a person with a five foot tall thesis I was like yeah it can fit in the car it's fine. My thesis isn't stretched it's not fine. I'm gonna see if I can grab somebody to describe this painting to me. Can you tell me one to three things that you see about this painting and you can come and talking to the mic. Okay. Uh, oh gosh. <laughs> Hi, my name is Mark Wesley. Pronouns are he and him. I see a lot of color. It's very vibrant. Yeah. Um, and I see almost like a an awakening of sorts. It's like it's coming out of the person that is lying on the ground. There's a lot of pink. There's a lot of um, yellow and red. And it seems like a statement on the body and okay. how it kind of morphs and it changes over time. Thank you, I appreciate you. Yeah. Do you want to say anything? Well, I'm Isaiah Eaton. This piece of artwork right here is very bright and vibrant. Um, it's a lot of colors. I like what's going on in it. Really don't like the skeleton. What's that, skeletons? Mm -hmm. Okay, it look, like I really like it. It's really dope. You know, it's a different take on it's a different take on skeletons because you know usually people try to keep those realistic and right. stuff. It's kind of reminding me of like somewhat of a Hispanic piece, like you know how like okay. they you know how like they do um, like the day of the day. Yeah, day of the day. That's what it's reminded me of. Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you so much. Appreciate Thanks. you. Destiny, can I describe this piece um to you and then you can tell me if I miss anything? Sure. Yeah. So right now I'm seeing a figure made of anatomy muscles for around the skull, eyeballs exposed yellowed teeth, kind of the veins crawling up from the chest into the neck, a heart with a frowny face on it, mammary glands inside of the boobs, and I'm seeing a an x-rayed arm with skeletons and a muscled hand holding a cigarette with green smoke trailing over the background, going down the torso we can see the gut leaking bile and this figure is bursting from its skin which is lying on the ground kind of in a fetal position kind of crawling away it has they have tattoos and a section where the brain has come out of the top of the skull they're wearing a medical bracelet and the brain is looking out towards the audience with bloodshot wide eyes the tiled floor is in blues and purples and blacks. There are pills in bright green and a darker green spilled onto the floor with a pill bottle with a smiley face. And in the background we have green walls and a green tortoiseshell cat looking at the figure framed with a window dressed with yellow and pink flowers and two bloodshot eyes looking in from the darkness into the scene. Have I missed anything? I'd say that that was a pretty good description. And all of this is in cell shading with, and kind of like a comics R. Crumb kind of 60s, 70s kind of vibe. The colors are vibrant and vibrating, similar to the sculpture.
how do you want the audience to feel about this painting or this piece, if I might? How do I want the audience to feel? Honestly, I wanted this piece to serve as a good description of mental illness and a good kind of screenshot at a scene that is very mentally ill, right. I'd say. So I, I want the audience to be uncomfortable. I want the colors to be almost a little bit toxic in mm -hmm. nature, like so vibrant, so saturated that it almost makes you sick or want to look away. Okay. And I want the audience to kind of sit with things for a while, for the eye to move around the composition and mm -hmm. really think about what it's seeing and search for meaning. I wanted to ask you about kind of the way that the eyes are looking in the painting and mm -hmm. how the viewer interacts with the eyes as they move around the painting. Um, so like the eyes in the window and the eyes of the figure and the brain and the smiley faces and frowny faces. I would say that there are a lot of eyes in this. Mm -hmm. A lot of faces and a lot of eyes in this work. And I'd say that with the eyes of the brain, I'd say the brain is really just subject to everything else going on in the painting, staring directly at the viewer, like almost pleading for help. I'd say that the cat is also a little bit stuck in this situation. Like he's like, I live here, like what can I do? Like I can't escape, like this is just kind of how it is. Um, That's my cat every day. <laughs> I'd probably say that I see the figure looking into the window, I'd see as more of a voyeur. Okay. And then I'd probably see the body coming out of the skin as more of a voyeur too. Yeah. I'd say the entity in the window is choosing to look in on this disturbing scene and seems as if they cannot look away, but the bloodshot eyes still speak to the distressing nature of the scene. And then I'd say that the upright figure is a true voyeur character yeah. in the scene. They act as the epitome of sickness, looking at the cigarette, completely aware of the chaos and seeming to enjoy it. That's really interesting. Can I ask you about mental health and stigma and how it is presented in the context of this piece? I would say that it was really important to me to be frank about what I was talking about. Yeah. Ambiguity didn't really interest me in talking about mental health. I wanted to pictorially represent exactly what I was talking about with the pills and with the scar tissue, even though it's a little bit like over the top and mm -hmm gross, maybe, unsightly, maybe. I think it does a very good job of like very quickly conveying a lot of information all at once. And yes, you get the a kind of snapshot of the image when you first look at it and you kind of quote unquote know what it's about, but the longer you sit with it, I feel like the more it shifts and vibrates and like mm -hmm. you can kind of like glean different bits of information from it. Right, and I think there's still a lot of humor in it. What I wanted, for this piece to do is erase a little bit of that stigma if it could because I think that because of stigma that is placed on mental illness people can be embarrassed about having it or talking mm -hmm. about it and I want it to be the opposite of shy while talking about it so with the colors they're loud with the subject matter it's loud I wanted to make the viewer uncomfortable from the subject matter to the facial expression because illness is not pretty and I think it's something that we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think that the way you talked about color with me like as an eye-catching draw closer 
and also as like a kind of neon vibrating point of like you were talking about how your eyes were hurting while you were painting the tattoos on the figure and different things like that I think it's a good balance of like so bright being like a kind of bright sickly beautiful while you're bringing them in and I do quite frankly like the frankness of the piece I think that it's good to have this kind of discussion thank you Talk to me about why are you using human anatomy and how, like, you kind of chose which pieces you chose to portray. Like, you don't show everything, but you have bits of the skeleton, you have bits of musculature, the heart, mammary glands, and the the stomach. So, overall, in my work, I use the anatomical imagery as a metaphor for mental illness, pulling out and analyzing the gruesome details, gruesome yet complex insides. And so I'd say that I use the imagery such as the brain and intestines as kind of a crude representation of the physical manifestation of psychological pain. So like the gut is leaking the Mm -hmm. bile, kind of as a visceral like I'm feeling sick. Right, a visual, that kind of feeling you get in your stomach when you cramp up and have like anxiety and fear. I think it's a great way to talk about it because I know a lot of the stigma about mental health can be that people don't know that it's real and that it exists and right. don't understand it the way that they understand kind of the pain of the physical body. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk to me a little bit more about humor? Humor. Humor plays a large role in my work in general. I tend to use simple, rudimentary representations, uh, such as the wide-eyed, traumatized-looking brain at the bottom. And I do this to add a sarcastic humor to the work and highlight the absurdity of mental illness and the absurdity of life in general sometimes. Like, sometimes when things are really horrible, you kind of have to find humor in it it's kind of like that shock humor kind of kind of like how like our crumb like kind of right yeah and how like i feel like snl kind of almost has like a a humor that's kind of like that Mm -hmm. tell me about how color has developed in your work from like the sculpture to the painting oh boy oh boy (laughs) uh color is just like a really large piece of information yeah color is just huge to me I'm constantly seeking like better and better compliments and like better uh, points of vibration yeah Mm -hmm. between the colors yeah and I'd say when I did the sculpture it was my sophomore year of college at CCAD and so some of the colors don't have a good like tonal contrast I'd say like the two greens lying next to each other don't have a great like contrast tonally in mm-hmm. their value but the colors are very contrasting like the greens and the pinks are complementary so they vibrate well together yeah but with the painting I spent probably like 80 hours on this painting like repainting <laughs> beat the checkerboards like over and over yeah. to try to make sure like are they contrasting enough tonally are mm-hmm. they contrasting enough in saturation or chroma or or what and it's mm-hmm. so i'd say that the painting has been a huge growth milestone for me one um, of, with my color sorry, sorry. <laughs> you're good one of the things i was going to say was i like definitely stole my color palette from my thesis from destiny oh i like my gosh. diluted it and toned it down but i was very like 
Yes, I like this pink and green. I think it's very vibrant and lovely and sickening in all the best ways. Um, I would argue that pink and green is the best complementary color scheme. Listen, I, I feel it on a personal level. Talk to me about place. Where is this and who is this cat? Who is this cat? Who is this cat? This? What is his name? What is his name? I'm kidding. Name? I'd say that the cat, the cat could be a stand-in for many different cats. It could be the cat that I had when I was three years old. It could be the cat that I raised on my own for three years. It could be the cat at my grandma's house. Like an innocent onlooker to the chaos that was happening. And a lot of them were tabby cats, so yeah, I just threw that in there. But I'd say that this place specifically... As it progressed, the environment of the painting became my old bedroom from ninth grade. And this bedroom had lime green walls, like actually really sickening green <laughs> walls. Like I picked it out because I thought it was really cute. Mm -hmm. And it ended up just being like this toxic waste green. Mm -hmm. And then it had black and white checkerboard floor, which I still, I personally love. Right. But the painting... It I, sounds almost like Tim Burton. Yeah. It actually looked like that, but I chose the checkerboard at first because I was thinking of ideas of black and white thinking um, having to do with mental illness, and then it kind of evolved. It must have like crawled out of my subconscious somewhere because when I looked at it, I'm like, the green walls, the checkerboard floor, this is the same bedroom that I lived in after my mom died when I was 14. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it really does symbolize a lot of traumatic memories for me. Yeah, that's hard. All of that is hard stuff. Art is hard. Art is hard. Did you want to talk a little bit about the kind of the flatness and the choice to use um, cell shading in your work? I'd say that I've always tended toward that cell shading, flat color approach to painting. I've tried blending and honestly, I like, the blending and the overlap and the transparency you can see in some areas of this painting is really as far as I'm comfortable going. For me, it's a way of anxiously organizing information in a way that makes sense to me, making sure that everything's in its right place. Everything right. has crisp lines, everything's flat in texture. Mm -hmm. Flat um, and matte looking. Yes, flat and matte looking. It also helps to pull the subject farther from reality, making it feel more uncanny. I feel like this painting is huge, it's four foot by four foot, huge by my standards. And when you look at it, it's almost like a window into a different kind of kind of place. Yeah, um, I feel that. It doesn't feel real. Yeah, it, it almost feels, feels more chaotic to me somehow. It almost feels like it's made out of paper. Mm -hmm. It feels simultaneously childlike and othering, if that mm -hmm. makes sense, which I think is sounds to me like something that you are striving for. Yes, that's exactly what I was going for. Good, I'm glad. It's working. Nice. Um, talk to me a little bit about the cigarette and the smoke. Pretty much I just use the cigarette as a visual for self-harm, like a direct symbol of self-harm. Like this figure is crawling out of the skin of the other figure, almost like the entity of, of sickness, of the mental illness, and staring chaotically in a frenzy at this cigarette like I just love to hurt myself that's kind of what I was going for there yeah I feel that it's still all very um, hard stuff because art is always hard mm -hmm. and I wanted to ask you about the title of the piece metamorphosis right 
the title, it's always really hard for me to use my words and title pieces. I feel that. <laughs> and so I thought about this for a while because, well, I wanted to apply to the AXA Art Awards. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had to come up with a title and I was like racking my brain and something that came up was metamorphosis. Um, and it's really important to me. Initially, I see it as like a funny representation of the emergence from a chrysalis, like you know, like, that's just funny right. when you look at the image. Like a caterpillar. Um, yeah. And then on a deeper level, I'd say that the idea of growth and transformation and thinking about what am I becoming is an important concept for me, especially regarding where I was mentally while painting this. Right. Like, kind of like the do you like who you're becoming kind of aspect mm -hmm. of, like, growing up and, like, accessing your artwork and accessing mental health. Yeah. It also reminds me of Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis. I love that book, yeah. yeah. With the um, the cockroach that the man turns into. Mm -hmm. This painting has kind of become just something very important to my recovery because it turns out that when I was painting this turned out my junior year to be a climax of my untreated bipolar disorder and so I see it as an honest window into the untreated mental illness mm -hmm. that I was experiencing which in my opinion is really important for the public to see and to right, understand, and to understand and what's happening ponder even okay so. go ahead and plug Columbus College of Art and Design. Destiny Ryan, you are a senior? Yep, gonna be a senior. senior. Our single audience member is rocking a Columbus College of Art and Design t-shirt <laughs> and I graduated with my MFA from CCAD and beyond that you can find Destiny Ryan's artwork in ACOC Gallery. Yes, ACOC Gallery. It's on the second floor of the Kenzani building. It's on the corner of Gay Street and Cleveland can't miss it it's wonderful you should see it in person there's some really cool stuff yep i'm also gonna thank wcbe for having Woo! me here hey <laughs> i'm gonna thank ramona for holding our artwork and painting in peace and flying away i'm gonna thank isaiah and mark for being such good sports Woo! and letting me pull them into the episode and i'm gonna thank caitlin again for doing our levels i'm gonna thank destiny for being here and i'm gonna thank me for being here i deserve a big pat on the back and yes. so do you um, I would like to give Destiny a chance to plug their Instagram and anything else. Sure. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much for letting me talk to you guys about my art. It was really cool. And if you want to find me on social media, my Instagram is destiny.ryan.art. You can find Please Touch the Art on Instagram at Please Touch the Art Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter. I have a Gmail, please touch the art at gmail.com. My personal Instagram is kieve.art, K I E V E.art, and I have a personal website, K R O D E H E A V E R. <laughs> dot art <laughs> oh, i'm sorry art.com sorry i got really scared rocks came flying at me anyway thank you so much bye <laughs> bye